welcome to a Writer's Life Podcast with your host, Dana Wayne. If you've ever wondered how a writer's brain works, this is the podcast for you. Now, sit back and relax as she shares the successes and challenges of her journey from writer wannabe to award-winning romance author. Now, here's your host, Dana Wayne. morning and welcome to another episode of a writer's life podcast i'm your host dana wayne i'm sorry but there won't be a video for today's program because my webcam has suddenly decided not to work but i'll try to re-record this later and get it posted on my youtube channel goodness has this been a year or what I don't know about you, but I am ready to kick 2020 to the curb and see if 21 will play any nicer. Goodness. Everything about my writing suffered this year. My creativity ebbed and flowed, hmm, mainly ebbed, and I didn't get my latest book finished in time to release it this year. And don't even get me started on the lack of marketing opportunities. By this time last year, I probably participated in maybe two dozen events. And this year, it was like four, and they were all fairly small. You know, and I you know, I have some online sales, of course, but my biggest revenue outlet continues to be in-person events. Now, as I look forward to a new year, I'm wondering how on earth am I going to walk that tightrope between creativity and marketing in 2021? You know, it's a given that marketing as a whole is probably the single most time-consuming component of the writing-publishing process. Well, for me, anyway. I mean, it's all well and good to create this awesome, wonderful book, but what if no one knows about it? How can you generate income to keep doing what you love? Now, I've tried a few Facebook ads, social media promos, email blasts, and so forth with limited success but not near enough to offset the time, effort, and in some case, money invested in it. You know, and I'm sure you do too, I get emails every day from somebody, several somebodies, offering to review my book, promote my book, yada, 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 all for a fee, of course. But the fact is, I'm an indie author. I don't have a ton of money to throw at these guys to have them promote my work. So that means I have to do it myself, but again, what am I going to do? Google, a Google search will give you a gazillion different articles on marketing strategies for authors. There, some are free, some cost something, some are just common sense type things, but they all, you know, pretty much say the same thing, just in a different way. And social media is always touted as a big part of the answer. Eh, Maybe, maybe not, but it's obviously an avenue that's here to stay, and we've got to figure out a way how to use it to our advantage. Most of what I read about, I already do, you know, uh, but not as much as I should, but, you know, at least I'm out there trying. So, as I started looking at some of these things lately, I've finally, reluctantly, accepted the fact that there is no way I can do everything they say I need to do. I mean, really, to do it right, marketing alone is a full-time job. I can't do that and write too. But what I can do is pick and choose where I focus my attention. And truth be told, 
I've known this all along, but, you know, sometimes I think I can do more than I can actually do, and I end up overextending myself. So, my goals, or my resolutions, or whatever you want to call them, my writer resolutions for 2021, is to better utilize marketing avenues that best work for me. Now, again, there are a gazillion different social media outlets out there and more pop up all the time. So I've decided to focus on some specific ones like Instagram and just see what happens. I haven't used Twitter all that much, so consequently I'm not that familiar with it. So I'm a little undecided what to do there. Some people swear by it, others not so much. For now, I'm going to continue to use Facebook and Instagram, which I really like Instagram with occasional trips to Twitter. Pinterest is another social media outlet that I've not used very much. I have a page and I've got some boards and you know that kind of stuff. I've got some of my um, teasers posted there. I've got my uh, book trailers posted there. But frankly, I don't know how to use it. So I'm adding that to my 2021 to-do list. I'm pretty good at making uh, marketing promo memes and so forth. So, I don't know, maybe I can figure out how to use them on Pinterest as well as Instagram and Twitter. Another thing that I've done recently is to research my online ebook sales. Now, I sell more ebooks than paperbacks, and I think we all do anymore, unless I'm doing an in person event. And I found something very interesting. The vast majority, like, you know, 98% of my ebook sales are through Draft to Digital because unlike Amazon, Draft to Digital distributes to all the major ebook outlets, not just Kindle. So if you're not on Draft to Digital, you really need to look at that for your ebooks. In looking at those individual sales outlets, I found that the majority came from Apple. So what does that tell me? Well, I need to figure out how to do some ads on Apple. If I'm doing that well, without any advertising or promoting, what will happen if I do? So I went to their website and got nowhere. There's a lot of information there, but nothing that helped me do what I wanted. Now, it may have been there and I just didn't know how to find it, but I got pretty frustrated trying to see how to place an ad. Then out of the blue, I guess it was last week or the week before, I get an email from draft to digital offering this class on advertising with Apple. Well, you know I jumped on that like a duck on a June bug, especially when I saw the classes were limited and registration time was short. Well, I got in and I'm very, very, very anxious to see what this class offers. It's, uh, I think the date is January the 7th and I can't wait for it to get here. I'll update you when I find out once it's over with. So, here's my first tip for you. Determine where you need to focus your social media market marketing and educate yourself on how to use it effectively. Don't overextend yourself. Don't drown in the gazillion different social media outlets out there. Find two or three and focus on those. It is so easy to get overwhelmed with social media in general. Goodness, I have disappeared down that rabbit hole more times than I care to remember. But it's like my daddy used to say, it's better to kick ass, do a kick-ass job on one thing than a half-ass job on a dozen. Just my little tip for you there. Something else I read had to do with networking with other authors. 
I started doing a little of this earlier this year, but frankly, COVID just took the wind out of my sails and I didn't get very far. So in 2021, I plan to rectify that by hosting some other authors here on my podcast, maybe getting some to use my banner on their website or maybe do a review or something like that, and I'll reciprocate. Guest posts on other author websites is also a great way to expand your reach. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be an author in your particular genre. You know, I mean, it could be a different one, and it may even work to your advantage if they are different. Getting someone new to check out your work could be a good thing. Now, I know some authors who don't like to do that, uh, the networking part, because to them, everything is a competition, and helping another author is like taking money out of their pocket. Now, I disagree with that. We're all in this together, and we should be there to help one another whenever we can. Book clubs, book blogs, those are another two areas that I don't really do a whole lot with, and I want to try and utilize those better. I haven't given it a whole lot of thought, so I really don't know if there's a a way that I can make it work for me. But again, you know, I started doing some research and looking for tips and tricks on Uh, doing blogs and and book clubs and one of the things that I saw was the suggestion of putting a kit together that contains discussion questions this was for for uh, book clubs you know there are a ton of clubs around the world find some that you want to connect with and send them a book kit now this could be something as simple as a one-page sheet with pertinent information about your book your buy links any discounts you offer, and of course, some sample questions. And I found those with another Google search. How on earth did we ever function without Google and Siri, I wonder? Huh. Anyway, I digress. Instagram. Now, I actually like Instagram. Uh, I use it more and more. I like to post snarky or funny memes several times a week and then add in a book promotion every so often. The general rule of thumb, I'm told, is that for every book promo you do, you need to have 10 funny, personal, other posts that have nothing to do with buy my book. Now, I think I've told you about this before, but Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com, is a wonderful site, and it's free, where you can uh, design your own posts. They have a lot of templates, and they're arranged by ad type, like Facebook post, Instagram post, uh, Facebook banner, that sort of thing. Now, some of the images are, uh, templates are free, some you have to pay for, but you can just kind of scroll over them and find the ones that are free and, and use those. And you just choose a template, follow the prompts, and voila, you have a, a post. Now, and I think I talked about bookbrush.com before also. It's a fairly new program that's out there, and their graphics are specifically designed for authors. And they even have like cover designs, spine designs, components, as well as box set and series components. Now, they offer a free trial program. So for I've forgotten how many, but you get X number of designs that you can download. Then you have to purchase one of their plans. Now, the only thing I don't like about BookBrush is that you can't change or add to the text that's there. You have to do that on Canva. So, for instance, if you found a, a template that you like and you uploaded your book cover and the, some basic information, whatever that template offers, 
you download that to your computer then upload it to Canva and then add whatever extra text or graphics that you want which is kind of you know is it worth it or not now I, I like the the graphics I really do they have some really good uh, graphics but it's a little more labor intense I guess to utilize it uh, my last focus point next year is to increase my email and that's probably the, the more important of the five that I've listed I've never really worked all that hard at doing that and I really need to I have a decent database but I need more and there are several ways that you can get emails I mean obviously at in-person events you can um, you know have a book for them to sign up for it contests giveaways bonus material on your site they won't find anywhere else that sort of thing I've done some contests through this group called fresh fiction it's I think it's based out of Dallas and uh, I've picked up some subscribers through that, and uh, but Fresh Fiction does charge for those promos that, but they offer specials ever so often, and you can get a decent promo for fifty bucks when they have them on a special, and those are usually tied to a holiday like Valentine's Day or uh, uh, what was the last one, Mardi Gras. I did one for Mardi Gras last year, and that that worked out good. So here are my top five focus points for 2021 marketing or my marketing resolutions if you want to call it that focus on specific social media outlets that work for me and find unique original ways to create memes to use on those outlets uh, focus on specific sales outlets such as Apple, go where the money is. Wherever the majority of your sales are, that's where you need to focus your advertising. Network with other authors on my podcast, webcast, and those kinds of things. Utilize book blogs and book clubs more. And to expand my email. That's it, my five things. So, what about you? What are your marketing plans for 2021? What what do you how can you expand improve or initiate those plans now as you work on this remember to keep realistic expectations that's really difficult when you talk about marketing your book you have to be realistic know what your limitations are whether they're financial logistical or technical and work within that don't overextend yourself remember stay safe and healthy Okay, uh, I'm going to close today with a short excerpt from my newest work, hopefully due out early next year, end of January, 1st of February. This one is a Western historical set in Texas in 1879, uh, and it's the story of Beulah May Lockhart, an affluent woman, almost 30 years old, from New York, who was shunned most of her life because of a scar on her face. She finally finds the courage to build a life of her own and buys a general store in a small town in East Texas. And this excerpt, I believe, is from chapter four. Bee stood outside the general store and buttoned her coat against the frosty air. Dust crept in while she and Mabel finished for the day and shrouded the town in shadows. 
Lanterns glowed in a few of the windows up and down the main street, but few people were outside. Piano music drifted from the tavern down the block, as did a cacophony of voices. Her face burned as she recalled the young cowboy seen earlier above the saloon. Oh, for heaven's sakes, B, she chided herself. You're not a child, and this is not New York. She stiffened her spine and turned toward the hotel, her mind digesting the afternoon with Mabel and mentally added to her checklist of things to be done. A stiff wind blustered through the darkened alley between the mercantile and the next building, bringing with it a myriad of smells she preferred not to analyze. But at least this side of the street had a boardwalk, connecting most of the buildings, and she picked up her pace. The bright yellow structure adjacent to the hotel appeared to be a restaurant that hosted a sparse dinner crowd. Aromas drifting outside reminded her she'd eaten little the last two days. She stopped and debated whether to go on to the hotel and freshen up or dine while the restaurant wasn't so busy. The need to be clean won the battle and she walked to the hotel. Just as she reached for the ornate handle, the door swung open and Luke's muscular frame filled the entryway. Startled, she uttered a soft squeal, one hand pressed against her rapidly beating heart. Oh my, you startled me. So I see, mademoiselle. My apologies. He took a step back for her to enter, then closed the door. Or is it madame? B sucked in a quick breath before she could speak. The soft glow of the lobby lanterns softened the roughened edges around his face and made him even more attractive. She blinked twice and recovered her balance. Mademoiselle, though I prefer Miss Lockhart. He bowed at the waist. As you wish, Miss Lockhart. He straightened and nodded toward the stairs. Silas asked me to deliver your trunk. It's in the room assigned to you. Perhaps it was the accent that made his low baritone voice so pleasant to listen to, for she found herself hanging on every word. Thank you, um, Mr. Um, Mr. Lucian. Once again, I am in your debt. His lips parted in a dazzling smile, revealing straight white teeth, and butterflies took flight in her stomach. No mister, just Luke, or Lucian. And the pleasure was mine. Before she could reply, he opened the door and was gone. She stared at the closed door for several heartbeats, his smiling face still visible in her mind's eye. Finally, she turned around and inspected the spacious lobby. The furnishings were a diverse mixture of elegant Victorian chairs and settees, seamlessly blended with sturdy and functional wood and leather chairs. Small tables, strategically placed, allowed groups to sit together and converse. Intricately woven rugs covered the polished wooden floor and added a high degree of color to the room. Utilitarian stairs, covered in a deep burgundy-colored carpet, were to the right of the clerk's counter. Nothing at all like the hotels in New York, it was nonetheless an inviting space. B turned to the woman behind the counter and smiled as she walked forward. Good evening, Miss Lockhart, said the woman. I'm Lizzie Myers. Welcome to Bakersville. B stared at the woman a moment. Copper-colored curls framed a perfectly oval face 
and her smooth skin glowed with golden undertones. Emerald green eyes sparkled with fire and life, and her smile of welcome was genuine. Instantly aware of her own disfigurement, dismay washed over B, and she forced herself to smile. I'm amazed at how many people know who I am when I just arrived today. <laughs> We're a small town, Miss Lockhart, and this time of year have very few visitors. And nothing sparks conversation like a new arrival in town. She pulled a key from the wall behind her and turned the ledger around for B to sign in. I have you in room eight. It's larger and has a separate bathing area. Top of the stairs, last door on the right. She paused a moment, crossed and uncrossed her arms. We don't get many ladies here. Mostly cattle buyers and drovers, so our accommodations are rather plain. I'm sure it will be fine, Miss, Miss Myers, and I'll only be here until I can get settled after the bakers leave town. Please, call me Lizzie. If there's anything you need, just let me know. B signed the register and took the key. I will. Thank you, Lizzie, and please call me B. I took the liberty of scheduling a bath for you since you went directly from the train to the store, but it's going to be about an hour before they can have it ready for you. Oh, B nodded her lower lip. Then perhaps I'll go next door and eat. If you would rather, I can have something sent up to your room. After a moment's consideration, B declined. No more hiding from the world. Thank you, but I think I'll walk over there. You can enter through that door across from the stairs and not have to walk back outside, said Lizzie. The yellow rose is attached to the hotel. Thank you. I'll go upstairs and freshen up first. Twenty minutes later, she entered the restaurant minus the coat and bonnet she dropped upstairs, opting for a light woolen shawl and nothing to hide the scar. Have a seat wherever you like, said a middle-aged woman serving a table on the right. I'll be there. I'll be right there. B chose a table in the corner and sat down. You must be Miss Lockhart. B looked up at the woman who stood beside her chair, dressed in a faded blue cotton blouse and darker skirt, a white apron around her ample waist. She was full-bosomed and curvy. A wreath of silver curls circled a round face, anchored by sparkling blue eyes and a genial smile. Welcome to Bakersville. I'm Viola Davis. She made a swipe across the table with a cloth pulled from inside her apron. But folks around here call me Miss V. What can I get for you? I don't know what you're cooking back there, but it smells divine. Tonight's special is beef stew with cornbread and apple pie for dessert. Or steak with potatoes and beans. She took in B's slight frame. I can whip up something lighter, though, if you'd prefer. Oh no, the stew is fine. And coffee, please. I'll have that out right away. Miss Vi spun around and headed through the door to the back. B looked around the room and spied a young couple, the Walkers, and their son who were in the store earlier today and nodded a greeting. The woman smiled as she urged the restless boy back in his chair. B grinned as she watched him fidget as though he sat on hot coals. When they entered the store earlier today, his mother struggled to keep him close. He wanted to touch everything, look at everything. 
Bee finally gave him a licorice stick and talked to him while his mother completed her purchases. While the child eyed the scar with curiosity, he said nothing. The man smiled as he smoked, spoke to someone at the table beside him while the boy continued to wiggle. But a stern look from his father and the child instantly stilled, hands folded in his lap. But he looked at B again and grinned, one small hand lifted in a light wave. A draft of cold air announced someone opened the front door and B turned toward the newcomer. Luke stepped inside and closed the door. He started for a nearby table but turned and headed toward B. Her heart gave an unfamiliar flip and a breath hitched when he stopped beside her table. Silas said you still had things at the station. Let me know when you need them brought to the hotel. Thank you, Mr. Lucian, but no mister, remember? Just Luke. She opened her mouth to speak, but the young boy managed to escape his mother's watchful eye and now stood beside Luke. What happened to your face? Unprepared for the question, B gasped. Joshua! His embarrassed mother pulled him backward. Undeterred, he pulled his hand free and stood beside B. Does it hurt? Spine rigid, B kept a smile in place. No, it does not. What happened? Joshua! The boy's father entered, joined the circus at her table, drawing the attention of other patrons. Apologize. Now. The man turned to B, his face beat red. His mouth moved, but nothing came out. I'm sorry, ma'am, said Joshua softly. Aware the time would come sooner or later, B leaned forward. Now was as good a time as any. Many years ago, I was in an accident. She refused to look at Luke or Joshua's parents. This was the result. Perhaps I should have covered it up, but, well, because it's not very pretty to look at. I think you're really pretty, ma'am, said Joshua earnestly. I just wondered how you got it. B sat back. You think I'm pretty? Well, sure. You smile a lot, and your eyes sparkle. It took B two breaths to speak. Thank you, Joshua. That's a lovely thing to say. People only call me Joshua when I'm in trouble, he said. Most of the time, I'm just Josh. For the first time in way too many years, B's smile came from the heart. Thank you, Josh. The man snapped his hat on his head and nodded at B. Miss Lockhart? He turned to Luke. Thanks for fixing those shoes so fast today, Luke. No problem, Bob. Bob grabbed his son by the hand and pulled him toward the door, his wife following behind. The boy's right, said Luke. Luke spoke before he thought and gave himself a mental kick. I shouldn't have said that. Lips pursed, her head tipped to the side. She met his steady gaze. He fumbled for words. Your eyes do sparkle. About then, Miss Vi returned and with a flourish placed the savory stew in front of B, followed by a plate with cornbread, a dish of fresh butter, and a cup of steaming coffee. She turned to Luke. Evening, Luke. Glad to see you joining our new neighbor so she don't have to eat alone. Sit down. I'll bring you dinner. She whirled and headed back to the kitchen. A long moment passed before B spoke up. Please, sit down. 
Luke didn't think the author sounded all that sincere, but he sat anyway. Thank you for taking my things to the hotel. No problem. Glad to help. He assumed she simply needed something to say, so he didn't mention she'd thanked him at the hotel. Her eyes darted around the room, not settling on any one thing. I can't get over how friendly everyone is here. Her voice took on a faint hint of melancholy and Luke wondered why. Well, we try to make folks feel welcome. This time, her eyes met his and she smiled. And I appreciate that. To be honest, I wasn't sure what to expect. Why is that? She shrugged. My father is convinced this is a waste of time and money. He insists a woman cannot operate a business even though I ran his for the last five years. What business was that? She paused while Miss Vi placed Luke's steak in front of him. When he cut into it with relish and took a bite, her eyes fixed on his mouth as he chewed. She skimmed her lower lip with her tongue and a flood of heat settled below his belt. Shocked by his immediate reaction, he forced himself to look away. My father owns a large mercantile in New York. She took a bite of her stew, then dotted her mouth with a napkin. Oh my, this is very good. Perfect for a day like today. She spooned another bite and continued. Lockhart's is one of the largest in the city. He swallowed his half-chewed steak and washed it down with coffee. Surely it can't be the same Lockhart's, the one Annabelle dragged him to time and again. The imposing structure covered two floors and boasted a wide assortment of finery that even the picky Annabelle appreciated. What made you decide to buy a store here? He sought off another bite of meat. We're a long way from New York. Precisely. The moment she spoke, her face turned deep scarlet and she ducked her head. So, you want to be away from New York? Hmm, I wonder why. I spoke to Mabel earlier. She mentioned you might need help getting your things into the house. She hesitated, then nodded. Yes, I will. She placed the spoon beside her bowl. They plan to be on the train Sunday morning. It will take me a couple of days to get things in order, but I'd like to get moved in as soon as possible. Mm, the train leaves around 11. I'll see that the items left at the station are delivered to the house by, say, 2 o'clock. Thank you. I appreciate that. There was a slight tremble to her hands when she picked up the spoon. Best eat before it gets cold, he said. The remainder of the meal passed in stilted conversation as she deflected questions about her family with observations about the town and hopes for the store. She's Jeremiah Lockhart's daughter. The Lockharts moved within his grandfather's social circle, so he, who, he knew who they were, but found them pompous, self-centered, and generally unlikable. That dislike blossomed when Belle and her friends repeated rumors surrounding the Lockhart's daughter, though neither of them ever mentioned her to him directly. He couldn't believe this was the same woman Belle and her friends spoke of so callously. They delighted in regaling everyone with stories of the hideously disfigured daughter and heir to the vast Lockhart fortune. According to Belle, the, fa the family was so embarrassed by her appearance, she rarely attended balls or parties and spent her days locked in her room. 
He'd heard from others that she attended a few functions, but always alone. She never stayed long and always wore a veil that covered the scarred side of her face. It was difficult to reconcile Belle's account with the woman in front of him. While the scar was noticeable, it wasn't as Belle described and in no way detracted from the beauty of the woman behind it. Without question, she was a lady. But she was also strong, self-confident, educated, and refined. He watched in fascination as her expression changed from subdued to excited as she spoke of her plans for the store and wondered how on earth that vivacious spirit survived in isolation. Is that why you ran here, he wondered. Or perhaps there is something or someone else from whom you ran. Well, there you have it, my last podcast for 2020. Thank you so much for spending time with me over these last few months. I hope that you have found some inspiration inside or maybe even a smile or two along the way. And I hope that some of the tips and things that I've offered will be helpful to you down the road. Thank you so much for your feedback and support. I can't tell you how much that means to me. Now, if you have something special you want me to address in the coming months, just let me know. You can connect with me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram as well, or through my website, DanaWayne.com. Now, don't forget to subscribe because you don't want to miss future episodes either. All of my books are available at all major online outlets in both print and ebook formats, and you can also order uh, signed paperbacks and other swag through my website. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Happy New Year! Stay safe and healthy. Remember, think positive, test negative. And I'll see you next episode.